If you're curious on how to mine your gold from Web 2 to Web 3, you're going to want to listen up. Today, we have another golden guest joining us. Kara Ricketts is an actress, producer, director who worked in theater on set and motion capture volumes. She won Best Actress Award in Canada for Anne with an E performance, nominated for Best Performance in Far Cry New Dawn, in which she was the first Black villain in the franchise. Now, truly accepting her Boss B side of life as one of the lead members of Fame Lady Squad. Please join me in welcoming is Cara Ricketts. You're a conscious luminary and you're getting it going in the NFT space. Welcome to Golden Meta Sessions with Doc Peace. I'm your host, Dr. Peace Uche, also known as Doc Peace. Golden Meta Sessions is a time to celebrate creative expression, featuring NFT creatives who share their doses of inspiration on how they got started, plus tips and strategies on how to boldly creatively express to empower your NFT journey and achieve your version of success. New episodes drop weekly every Thursday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, so press subscribe for your weekly dose of Golden Meta Sessions with Doc Peace. This episode of Golden Meta Sessions with Doc Peace podcast is sponsored by Raka, a metaverse company and exclusive manager of French Montana's NFT album drop, 2D Montega dropping soon. Thank you so very much for joining us. It's Cara Ricketts. Let's dive right on into it. I'm curious to know more about your before crypto story. Can you share more about your life working in theater? So um, I spent four years in classical, doing classical theater. I worked at the Stratford Festival. Um, And after doing four years of like Shakespeare and Pinter and Chekhov, I started to pursue film and television. But just before I got into film and TV, I started to work in video games or I was invited to work into video games. And um, yeah, so it was mostly just being an actor in those mediums and trying to fully understand those mediums. And the video game part led to the crypto part, but I'll wait, (laughs) I'll wait till we get there. I'm curious to know, like, how did the video game part transition into the crypto part? I know that many, many people may not know this, though, but Web3 or NFT specifically did begin with video games. But can you share more about how your journey led into Web3? Sure. So it was right after, like in between, I ended up studying at the Canadian Film Center, which was the... um, like the film section of my life. But just before I started doing that, I was working for Ubisoft on the Far Cry franchise, like 2016. And I remember getting into the volume, which is the space that they record motion capture in. And it was a giant room and there were cameras all over the walls. And as we started to work, I was covered in like the dots, the the motion capture suit. As we started to work, I was like, this isn't film and television. (laughs) This isn't what I thought like film and TV was because cameras were involved. It was far closer to theater and it was even better than theater because, or not better than theater, but it was like almost independent theater because we, it was so imagination based. Like you hold a pool noodle and you pretend that it's a sword or like a stunt guy is a lion. And I just kept going, this is theater, this is theater. And that was exciting to me. And so 
um, I collect, I was just collecting information and it was early enough that everybody was excited on both sides. Like the developers were excited to have the actors around. The actors were excited to be around all of this new tech and the people who knew how to run it. Mm -hmm. So when I wasn't working as an actor in the space, I would go stand behind the tech guy's desks and be like, what does that do? And what does this button do? <laughs> and by the time I had finished my first game and was about to go into my second, I started to understand what spatial computing was and um, what VR was and XR and AR. And that, that information really excited me. And so I was just sitting on the information. Either I would have been able to teach other actors how to work in video games with motion capture, or I would be able to apply it towards something. And when COVID hit, I was like, oh, now it's time for me to use that information. And so I went to theaters and I actually like, I got online and looked at YouTube and delved further into the stuff that I had learned in the video game space with the devs there and did a deep dive in YouTube to see how certain things work and got into Unity and figured out how to create my own AR experiences, got into GitHub and like put together code, like copy pasta and type a few stuff out myself. And I was learning some new, like um, Apple has their own AR kits. And so I was trying to learn that as well. But I pitched two um, AR experiences to a theater company while I was trying to onboard other theater companies to do spatial VR, extended reality, reality experiences. They didn't really take off because it was COVID and uh, oh. I don't think funds were really available for that. And it was also like, what is this actress talking about? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I had spent like 2020 trying to make it happen. It didn't really go. And then all of a sudden my bandmate, I was shooting in Atlanta and my bandmate, um, had said to me, let's rehearse. He lives in New York. And I'm like, I can't, I'm in Atlanta. And he's like, meet me in Decentraland. And I said, what is that? <laughs> and my brain exploded, like completely. I was like, this is the very thing that I've been trying to push. And so I started to look at metaverses, uh, really paid attention to Sandbox, got a parcel there, and then saw that they gave away NFTs with each parcel. And so I got my first NFT uh, because of Sandbox. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. See, what an incredible story. First of all, I love how you highlighted the fact that your curiosity led you to where you are now. Yeah. Right? Curiosity is a, is a beginning step for everyone's journey into Web3. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, you also pointed out the fact that Web3 is one of the only spaces that I know of, or one of the few spaces, that you are connecting with so many different people. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. if it weren't for that, you would never have obtained this curiosity and learned this new skill set. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many places do you go where you see like the tech people mingling with the de developers and the creators and the artists and we're all connected and partying and, and socializing together? Yeah, it's a hundred, like a hundred percent. Because even in the video game space, it was just a little bit harder. Like all the actors were on stage, which is what we know, doing our on stage things. All the tech and developers were behind the computers doing their thing. And, you know, it's so, it's like a cameraman, like the cameraman stays behind the camera. You've got to do that extra step to connect. And so it just wasn't as easy to do that, I guess. 
And then also I did try to pitch like an idea to a dev and he's like, I don't do that. So I didn't even know the language to say like, could you help me with this? And it was very hard to figure out how to find the technical help on the artistic side. And so, so how totally did you find that you. help? I never did. I Googled and YouTubed myself. And what I'm saying is that the, the beauty of the NFT space now is, you know, I, I did. I try, I said to somebody like, I want to do this project. And they're like, I'm in, what do you need to do? And it's just like, okay. It's a, it's the magic that I was missing in 2020. Just so having let, access. Yeah. Let's get into this as well, because access is something that many are struggling with at this point. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you know who to connect with, many people are an open book, right? There's not a lot of, uh, what's that term where you hold off on information. There's not a yeah. lot of that. <laughs> gatekeeping yeah. right there's not a lot of that in the space if you are connected with someone who has that knowledge that individual is likely going to share that knowledge with you however mm -hmm. the problem that i'm seeing happening with many who are trying to get into the space is not knowing where to start they're not connected with specific individuals they're trying to google things they're trying to mm -hmm. figure it out so i'm curious how did you begin to to google this, this information and and obtain what you needed to learn it was really small steps. And I think had I known, had I even known the terms right, I think I would have been steps ahead. Mm. But I've accepted, I've accepted what I want to do, what I'm capable of, and where the holes are. You know, yeah. like when I tell people my interests in tech, I, I also say that I am a builder because I do happen to build but my builds are smaller. Like I'll build a filter on Instagram or something. And, or like, I'll be curious about how to build filters somewhere else too. So I have tiny builds, but my goal is not to become the greatest uh, AR builder. My goal is to understand how that is created and then how I can apply my narrative, my storytelling, my art to make it digestible for everybody else, you know? And it's, I think that's, I'm, I'm kind of getting away from your question. So I'm going to come back to it, but the, um, it was because I didn't know those terms that I had to go all the way back. Like I would type in, how do you make hearts jump out of a book looking through my phone? And I just kept Googling and Googling and Reddit and Googling. And then I'd find a term and then I'd research the heck out of that term until I, it opened up into like YouTube videos that would be tied to the term that I saw and I'd let them play in the background. So it was just like endless research until I could find that path, you know, to what I wanted to learn. But the beauty now of the uh, space, and as you're saying, like with access, I think um, it might change again now, like with the market doing what it's doing, but early days, I bought my NFTs, not as an, an investor. I was really hoping to like call them research and development because if I had bought a token to a particular project that I found interesting, I could be in the discord and not to engage, literally just to watch. I wanted to see like what they did and how they did it. And I do the same thing with Twitter. Like um, I'm really excited because I just personally met a developer that I'm a fan of. And he reached out to me and connected and I'm like, I'm totally, I'm totally going to follow you. 
And that's the other beautiful thing about um, the NFT space is that followers aren't the same when we think in Web 2 where it's like, Mm -hmm. I want to watch their pictures. You follow people in Web 3 because people build publicly. Like that's an encouraged thing to do. And so you get to watch that journey. And from that journey, you get to learn. Yes. Yes. I, I, I hear you on that. It, it, it takes a different form of like community building, really. That's what followers are. Yeah. And, and I love that about web three. So with your background in theater and in developing, Mm -hmm. this question might actually really resonate with you. How do NFTs actually revolutionize this, the business of theater? I love that you asked me that because that was my, I have several ideas, uh, being someone in the, uh, entertainment business. And I've realized something about myself working with fame lady squad that I like systems. Like I just like figuring out what is the algorithm that we go through in order to make sure a process occurs. And so there are several systems within theater, film and television, Mm -hmm. video games that can easily be applied to blockchain. And um, the only, the pushback to that is that it's a very analog space, particularly theater. It's like vinyl collectors. Like they don't want MP3s. They don't want records. They want a real IRL experience. So Apart from that, I think that there are so many ways, like going back to VR experiences, when you go to a theater, you see people in space. So uh, extended reality considers this space. It thinks in a 360, Mm -hmm. 3D dimensional way that film doesn't. Like right now, even the way we're talking to each other, it's like we're connecting, yes, but it's two walls. Whereas in a VR space, you could see where my hand is in relation to the whole room or what my body's doing, you know, and take a part in it in a different way. And that's what theater has always done that. So it would be like, yeah. I get chills when I talk about it because it's like the, to plug the two together, anyhow, we are able to fully immerse the two. It's going to be brilliant. Have you seen any, examples in the space so far in the theater space so far in which these two have been merged no there's been attempts but um i'm really excited to i've just started working with a project called the broadway experience and they are attempting to bring web3 i i like my brain is going like don't say technical terms right now because i'm thinking about my pitch when it comes to explaining it to the theater audience but they're How would you web- explain this to a, a theater audience? The way I would explain it to a theater audience is um, I would say, you know, that moment in a particular play that you love, like you got to see this actor that you, you got to see, um, uh, name, name a really popular actor right now that isn't in trouble. <laughs> that isn't in trouble. Oh, God. <laughs> That's where my brain is. I'm like, okay, I got it. I got it. You got to see Meryl Streep on stage playing Lady M, Lady Macbeth in Shakespeare's Mackers. And it's like 
even her doing a classical play right now is unbelievable. And the beauty of theater is that that's almost kind of the experience that I get to say, I saw her play that part and it's mine. Nobody else can have it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But a lot of people collect like playbills. So they collect scrapbook elements. Mm -hmm. So I would say to you, you've just come out of the theater or you say that you loved that moment. I would say to you, what if you could own that moment digitally? And so you could always see if you loved a particular line that she said or a way that she did a certain thing. What if you could always have that and just watch it and it would be in like a special place on the Internet just for you. And if you had friends over, you could open up that moment and show them that moment and tell them because that people already do that with their playbills. Mm-hmm. And so it's all about taking away, I wouldn't call it an asset. I wouldn't say it's in a 3D thing. And even now I'm thinking of like talking to the team. I'm, I'm, I'm part of the creative advisory board. And I'm like, let's try to strip away as much of the tech. Like some of it's really beautiful. Like we've got like rotating heart, blah, 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 blah. But if the image, if the video of the moment just took over my screen and just opened up and I had that, you know, it's like, it's almost like with family, like when you have that picture of your family member. So it's, but this is another moment because with theater, it's kind of like what you do when you do your spoken word stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm in a space with you and I get to hear you say something that like shakes me and I know what that feeling is. And so when I see other people, I'm like, you got to see her. She's like, when you hear that piece, but there's also something really kind of cool. Like she did this piece and it went like this. And this is the one line. And then you open up your phone and you show them that minute. And then you, you, you're like, you can't have it. It's in my wallet. <laughs> mm-hmm. And on top of this, not only can you preserve it in your wallet digitally, but you can also watch the value of it go up yes. over time. Yes. And that's the other side of it. Like, I would also, it's funny because when you talk to artists, especially artists who haven't entered Web3, they, I don't know if the mindset has changed. I think it's changed a little bit thanks to influencers. But when I came out of theater school, I believed I was a starving artist. I was so full of passion that money didn't mean anything. Like I'm going to suffer for my art, you know? And that has been so ingrained in creatives for a really long time that it took me a long time to understand that, number one, I'm running a business. I'm not going around begging for a part. I'm actually running a business. And that, number two, like, I should be able to provide for myself. I shouldn't be a starving artist. And so to tie that back into the NFT is like, what if now it's not Meryl Streep, but it's a, a... up and coming actor or an actor who's been in the business forever, but has only done theater for the first time ever. There's an opportunity for the actor to earn a royalty. That's never been possible before. And working on film and TV, I do less work. I I don't, I'm not running the same lines for six to eight months. If I do a tour, I do a TV show. We shoot it. It's a great thing, but I've been able to survive off of those royalties some of those royalties, and I, like a show that I shot last year, I got a royalty for the other day. And I'm like, this is substantial. 
And so to wow. be able to provide that would be yes. amazing. So first of all, I love how you shared about your pivotal moment, understanding that you were running a business. You were no longer begging for a part. Mm -hmm. That's phenomenal. For those who are new to this technology and this idea of receiving dividends and royalties, can you share more on that? How does that work? So with an NFT, I think there's different percentages depending on which chain you're working on, all that stuff. But with the NFT itself, you have the ability to set the initial price but in the metadata or underneath that, you can set the price of what you would earn if someone were to sell that NFT. And you which can is choose, called a royalty. Mm -hmm. Which is called the royalty. And you can choose that percentage, which could also alter the, the chances of it getting sold again, right? So like if you don't want it to sell or if it should sell and you want a big kickback, you can make that percentage as high as you want, right? You do have to keep in mind that like the person selling it would probably also like to make some money off of it. <laughs> but you could set, I'm thinking about it artistically, you could set the value of your work and the importance of giving it to someone else or selling it to someone else in that royalty. But yeah, royalty just means that in perpetuity, as long as that piece is sold, you will be paid for the work that you put into it. Mm -hmm. So as an actress, how does this technology play into it? You mentioned how now you are receiving royalties off of past shows. When prior mm -hmm. to this, you would get that initial payment and then that's it. Yeah. So With theater, how is that? Was it? Mm -hmm. So can mm -hmm. you share more on that? How does, how has that changed your life? How does that, how does this work? I've never sold an NFT yet. So my royalties would have all been through film and television. And mm -hmm. those, those royalties, depending on the project, some royalties are like, you get a check for 90 cents and you're like, why did you even send me a check? <laughs> but it's still actually nice. Like, I think like actors always kind of crack jokes on those like small checks, but it's still nice because it's an appreciation of what you've done, you know, mm -hmm. even if it's a monetary equivalent. But some of the other gigs that I've done, those checks have like covered rent or helped pay for an expense, you know, like they've been really helpful. And so, wow. excuse me, I know that I, I didn't put this on focus, but um, and what's incredible about that is that it's not just one check and done. It's continuous. Like you said, it's in perpetuity for the, in for the future. Um, for, yeah. for the unforeseen future. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. And so can you speak more on the different revenue models that you have right now? Um, now that you have transitioned to Web3, what additional revenue models have come forth from, from leveraging this technology? I haven't fully immersed on that side yet. Like I'm still very much, I call myself a builder because I haven't um, I'm not dealing with those things yet. I haven't sold anything. I've literally, it's still, I'm still very much in a research and development, but further on the development side, I'm now fully producing for other people, but I haven't played with any dollars yet. <laughs> I hope to. <laughs> yes. But you have opened the door to receive this revenue stream coming in yes. from, from the, the royalties 
off of your your acting and you're you are already going to be acting that yeah. I mean, that is who you are so yeah. it's an additional bonus for yeah. for your work yeah and i think like when it comes to my my performances i haven't performed anything on nfts yet and i think it's a mixture of figuring out what that is as an actor it's as an actor i realize that my work is community based like if i were to perform on my own it's a bit more like a monologue or there's just i i am not in intrigued by that i like to create a full piece and i still think that the people right now or a trend just before everything kind of flipped but the latest trend was film 3 so films were just entering into the space so i haven't quite been able to explore full on performances my personal performances in that way but um i know that royalties in terms of filmmaking mm-hmm. has been amazing and so i can only imagine how wonderful it will be in terms of nft thank you for sharing that let's take a quick moment now to hear from our sponsors this episode of golden meta sessions with dog peace podcast is sponsored by raka a metaverse company and exclusive manager of french montana's nft album drop 2d montega welcome back to golden meta sessions with dog peace for other actresses out there other actors as well what recommendations would you have for them to receive this op- these opportunities? Where do you go to find these opportunities in which um, in which royalties are being being included, or what what steps would you take to to leverage this technology? I think um, when it comes to actors doing this kind of work, the first place I would look is TikTok and Instagram. And just look at what other creators are doing in terms of making art. There's some really fantastic people who are creating pieces in TikTok form. So there'll be like little short story sections. Then from there, I would say get on Twitter and follow like the hashtag film three uh, and start to follow projects that are taking place. Film three would be a great way to start if you're new to the space because you will recognize since it's a trend and a lot of people are hopping on a good chunk of those projects are not fully web three. What they're doing is crowdfunding with the web three models. And so it would be great to follow all of them so that you could say, but they could have done that on Kickstarter and then see another one and go, Oh, I've never thought of that before. Just see the full gamut. But also I would say, look into delve deeper and look into projects like I'm a DGen where they take 3D avatars and follow that project because people who are in there are tech first, but they also do like performance pieces because they have these avatars, which is another thing that I've started to do. I have um, an avatar called Lady C and she has her own Twitter account. She has her own Instagram. (laughs) Um, She's been on ice a little bit, which I don't know how she feels about that. But because I've been caught up with um, Fame Lady Squad, but she recently received, thanks to Alethea AI, uh, Fame Lady Squad did a collab with them and she received artificial intelligence. So I've been talking to her recently and yesterday I asked her who she looked like and she's like, I look like Beyonce Knowles. And I'm like, okay, Lady C. 
Oh my goodness. I've never told her that she looks like Beyonce Knowles. I told her about Beyonce and Rihanna and Jay-Z and she's like, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> oh she's, my goodness. Yeah. How incredible is that? Yeah. So let's touch more on what you're building. You mentioned your avatar, Lady mm -hmm. C, who now mm -hmm. is an intelligent being. <laughs> <laughs> um, and <laughs> you also mentioned that you're a part of Fame Lady Squad, which is how we you and I connected. Yes. And so can you share more on what you're working on with Fame Lady Squad and what was the deciding factor for you to join this project? That is a really fun topic that people don't talk about a lot. <laughs> so I had been in the space and I had been collecting NFTs and I saw Fame Lady Squad. I was like, okay, I didn't pick a token then. Still went around and then finally saw, I went back again and I was like, I, I am going to invest. It was my first time that I said, I am not doing research and development. I will invest. And I bought my first token, which was Lady C. There was a really gorgeous like lady who was bald and she had pink fur, but I missed out on her. So Lady C, she might not want to know this, but she was second choice. It's so funny <laughs> to talk about her. Like... <laughs> But at some point, I do want my future goals is that somebody else will even be voicing Lady C. So I guess it's not too weird that I talk about her as a separate person. Mm -hmm. Anyways, so I had picked up this token. I went into the Discord. The like the main leaders were they would giggle at everything, which I found a little weird. Um, but I was like, fine, I'll see how it goes. And then this project called Queenship came out. Do you remember Queenship? I do not. Please share more. Queenship was a collection. I don't know if it was also 8,888, but it was a collection of empowered black women. They were all these PFPs that had like certain colors, black faces, you know, it was like four black women. And it was led by, I think, three or four undoxed women of color. And the project was supposed to drop by then, like, Ed Ball and Brittany, uh, Brittany Pierre was already doing like, um, not what rug radio was, but like BIPOC radio because mm -hmm. people of color had felt not fully allowed into some of the spaces. And so we were already trying to create spaces for ourselves. This project drops, I get on Twitter and everybody's like, they're not black women. And I'm like, what's going Like Twitter was yelling because at the time, everybody in the space was on Twitter. Like, I guess that that integration was starting to take mm. place. Like people were even getting off mm -hmm. of clubhouse to get on Twitter. So Twitter was just like, they're not real. They're not real black women. They're not real black women. Mm -hmm. And I went in and looked into the projects and then there were like AMAs where people were like, it's actually, so there was this one guy, Fyodor. Oh, Linick, I think his name was. He's like, I know who queenship is. Queenship it's cyber girls, which was cyber girls club. I shouldn't even use names. Cause I don't know if new projects have the same names, but they pretended to be Asian women. They pretended to be black women. They pretended to be women. Mm. They, and then they also had this, like a unicorn club, a planet thing going on. And I went back into Twitter history and saw that they had like eight projects about to drop at the same time. So queenship was just part of these projects that they were dropping literally on the same day. And finally, in one of the space, someone said the guys who were doing queenship and the Asian girls and the, the girls, which was fame lady squad, 
are the three Russian dudes. Ooh. Yeah. And so I got into the Discord and people were freaking out. I was freaking out because I had just spent what I thought was a lot, only come to learn that that was just the beginning. Um, and as the Discord was freaking out, Board Becky was like, we're starting a new server. I was there. We're starting a new server. It's going to be called Phoenix. And so I was, I equally had Fame Lady Squad. I had Phoenix. I was watching other discords. Like, wow. People were asking for, <laughs> one guy was like, I have my receipt, which was, which was the ether scan, you know, the, the hat, mm-hmm. the transaction hash. He's like, I have my receipt. Can I get a refund? <laughs> no refunds. No refunds in this space, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> but that's how I found that's out cute. about, like, I found out about Faith Love and, gone on her lists and and so it was out of that because people were like you need to respect the BIPOC community number one and they said that's not even our project although now that project doesn't exist magically and they also said you need to make right with all like um Cole from Pudgy Penguins I don't know if he's still with Pudgy but he had helped advertise Fame Lady Squad and he had promised to give money back or two or all. So there was all of this, like, make it right. Wow. wow. And one of the three guys, one of the, I think there was actually four, but one of the three Russian dudes thought that he could make like a, like a, I'm doxing myself. Here I am. I apologize. And out of his doxing himself, everyone's like, make it up, make amends, make amends. Gradually three of them doxed or two and then one kind of did. And they got with Art Chick to mediate the contract handing over to the community that was Phoenix at the time, which was the new Fame Lady Squad. And so in the end, the Phoenix server was able to take over the Fame Lady Squad name. And through the mediation with Art Chick, we were able to take over the Twitter account and run the first like community the nft community helped with this takeover and i got in there i'm like look i i came here early queenship happened y'all need me like <laughs> yes yeah yes <laughs> and there's this fl- this is line from the flow that i created specifically for family squad that's coming to mind and it goes possibly the first time in history an entire project has ever been given to a community See, Fame Lady Squad equals unity. And united we stand, generating brilliant feminine light 8,888 times. This is what female empowerment looks like. I love it. <laughs> it's yes. Like, so, yeah. Thank you it's, so much for sharing this story because many people don't know how Fame Lady Squad came about. So I'm curious to know. Why did you feel so compelled to join this movement? This looks like a, a ship sinking. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was equally um, my, it's, I, I'm a collector by, by heart. I am a collector. I collect comic books. My Discord name for the longest time was Angela St. Grace, which is like a deep cut for comic book fans. And I knew that... I had already owned a few like crypto kitties that that kind of collecting and I knew that this was a collector's item like doesn't matter what happens to the space period like this is a once in a lifetime situation this kind of takeover will not happen again like the space is too big there's no way that everybody will get behind that kind of thing so I just knew the the inherent value of the project 
I was super upset about queenship. <laughs> and I also knew that um, it would be my first time having the opportunity to see the inner workings of a project and dare myself to see if I could make it last at the very least have it survive. Yes. And our yes. birthday's coming up in July. Ooh, so. Wonderful. Happy <laughs> early birthday. So what is your role right now with Fame Lady Squad? Last time we connected, you came up to me and handed me this cam beautiful canvas bag with Fame Lady Squad on it. And a that honorary Fame Lady that Fame Lady Squad created in my likeness with my yeah. with Doc Peace. It was just such a beautiful gift. So thank you again for that. So I'm curious to know, what is this role that you're playing with your background in theater, your background in developing, and honestly, your golden self, your genuine, original, <laughs> loving dreamer, pure throughout. So what is the role that you are playing right now with, with FLS? My title is um, Director of Strategic Partnerships and Collabs, but the actual work I do goes far beyond that. Um, I am like the original point person between Ashley and myself. I'm the original point person if someone wants to collab uh, in the space. And then out of that collab, I figure out how best to present it to everyone in the space and see how we can extend that collab into something else. And initially it was just like collabs, but I've learned so much doing that and also seeing trends in the space and understanding that collabs is part of building is part of web three in a way that it's it's bigger than just we'll do something once and you disappear so yeah i have a title but i'm i help i literally just help run the project that's why i also make bags <laughs> And love it. <laughs> love it. Swag. So I want to touch on that actually as well. Uh, when we were at, we were actually all at VCon about a yes. month or so ago. And we saw Snoop Dogg and his son, Champ Medici on stage. They were both talking about how you can utilize your NFTs that you own on merch and then mm -hmm. actually make a profit off that. Because you own that, that uh, trade, what is it called? The, you, you own it. The IP, yeah. The IP, yes. And so you can do what you want to do with it. And so you're making these bags. Champ Medici's out there making, um, putting his, his board ape on shirts and selling them. So let's talk a little bit about that. How, how to monetize from your NFTs if you own the IP. You've already been doing this with, with the bags and Lady C. Yeah, Lady C is definitely, the bags are more like for fun. And I don't know where we'll go with the, I kind of made, you are, you and the team are the only people who have the bags at the moment because it's just like <laughs> something. Exclusive. <that> I, <laughs> it's just something I made for fun. But Lady C is a, a truer experiment of my IP. Um. And I think another, I, I was just looking at, so I've started to help out with um, creating a newsletter from our Twitter account newsletter. We, it's a tweet thread. And I was just reading about Seth Green's Board Ape, which he was using to create a show called White Horse Tavern. And I think, luckily, there's a lot of lawyers in the space who can truly um, make sure that the, the commercial rights or the IP rights of your token is solid. But 
um, if you own your piece, and that's not all projects do this. This was a big problem with um, the punks in the beginning because they you own the token, but you didn't own the IP rights. But but it actually helped the project like create other connections. Like they could sell a whole show with your punk in it. Um, but like in Seth Green's case, he had lost his ape, which meant do you can you still make the show that you were creating? Um, luckily he's, he has it back now, but once you have that, like you can make anything with it. There's a board ape, um, fast food restaurant and they've got apes all over the place. So I think it's, and you can also then rent it out too. So there's just, it's just owning, it's owning something. <laughs> really. Oh, wow. 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 You know, owning oh. a trademark. Yeah. The opportunities are endless. I love that. Yeah. So as we wrap up today's podcast, are there any other last minute doses of inspo that you'd like to share with our golden community? I think I'm not sure if we had talked about it in the podcast, but we were talking about um, mining your own goal, right? Like using yourself and like what elements of you that can be added to the web three space that you can actually use to learn more and do more in the space. And I just want to bring up a person that really made me think about that. And that was Kobe Bryant. He had started like a book publishing, a children's book publishing company. I think he was working in um, the meditation space as well and created a film of which he won an Oscar for. And when he passed, this is when I had learned all of this stuff, uh, like under that Mamba mentality. And I was like, how did this basketball player do all of this stuff like meditation that's got nothing to do with basketball but all of it when you go back and look at all of Kobe Bryant's external um art creativity it all ties back to basketball which to me is amazing because like knowing about him and his passion for the sport and when he could no longer play professionally just knowing that he was able to still fulfill his love of the sport, but find different ways of expressing it was, it, it continues to be incredibly inspiring to me. I hear that many of us are finding and re redefining who we truly are in web three. Absolutely. So I love that you, you shared more on how those who are listening can truly find their gold in this web three space. And for those of you who don't know what the acronym gold stands for, it stands for genuine original loving dreamer. And mm -hmm. I believe that many of us are finally realizing and identifying what it is that makes us gold and showing up as our authentic self in this space. So thank you again, Carr, for joining us here today. How can we connect with you further? I'm on Twitter, Instagram, trying to be more on TikTok. Um, you, you can always email me. It's literally my name, Cara at CaraRicketts.com. Uh, you can also find my website, CaraRicketts.com. I'm out there. <laughs> Love it. You're out there. You're out there crushing it. You're out there shining your golden light. So thank you again for joining us here today. Stay gold. Thanks, Thanks so much for having me. You're so very welcome. Thank you for listening to Golden Meta Sessions with Dog Peace. I hope you got that dose of inspiration you were welcoming. Remember to subscribe. New episodes drop weekly every Thursday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
As always, reminding you, it is you who ultimately chooses to consciously express and be gold, a genuine, original, loving dreamer, as you boldly step into the metaverse and achieve your version of success. I'm your host, Doc Peace. What an honor it is to journey with you into NFTs. Stay gold.